First and Fanatic. This week on First and Fanatic, me and Ben are going to catch up because we have had some time off. Ben? What's up? Yeah, it's been since before the Super Bowl, so oh, all kinds lots of crazy transpired. Stuff. Yep, yep. All kinds of crazy stuff happened in my life. And uh, it's my fault, people, not Ben's. I've had just like a bunch of weird stuff happening. But the Super Bowl. Let's get to the Super Bowl. And I really thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to beat them. I mean, that, that was an awesome game, first of all. Like back and forth the whole time. Both teams were scoring touchdowns. The only thing that could have, you know, killed the the excitement was if the refs, refs decided to step in and call a bullshit call at the end of the game. Yeah, two minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was awful. a yeah, that was a bummer. They had to pull out the whistles and yeah, that was bad. and call was so holding bad. on. It basically killed any chance that the Eagles had at one last possession. And being down by three points, they could have conceivably tied it, sent the game to overtime, and it could have been one of the best Super Bowls of all time. But I mean, it was still a great game, and I think the Chiefs totally deserve it. They had an amazing season. Yeah, and like the end of the game, uh, Travis Kelsey was an idiot. I was like, what are you talking about, Mr. Kelsey? Uh, no one disrespected you. Everybody <laughs> thought you were doing well. I mean, what weirdo are you right now? <laughs> yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think um, Kelsey gets pretty excited. So he was saying, like, nobody respects the Chiefs, and nobody expected us to be here. And it's like, you guys are the golden state warriors of the nfl yeah, like, I, like i think everybody expects you to be there yeah you're, you're considered the heir apparent <laughs> to the patriots i mean and uh i think everybody says that stuff though like it worked for the patriots back in the day with rodney harrison yeah. you know nobody everyone counted us out and all that stuff and you know so it, it works you yeah. know got teams that win usually have guys like that that sort of rally everyone in the locker room saying nobody believes in us yeah. and you know Poor me. <laughs> but <laughs> so. the cleats, I heard like uh, the cleats had a huge problem with that because of the, the turf that they were using. Um, I guess they did a, what was it, five inch and they should have done a seven inch, that they were saying? Honestly, that was kind of a shit show. Like it, t- it, be- it turned the game into sort of a joke. And I thought one uh, stat that sort of gave evidence was that the Eagles didn't have a single sack in that game. And that was really surprising when I heard that because they were just creaming quarterbacks all year long like the anytime the eagles got a lead the pass rush just got dialed up to 100 and they just went after the quarterback relentless and so i think the turf definitely played a factor in the super bowl because the eagles just didn't i mean they just couldn't compete with the chiefs on defense they got they got schooled so i mean the i thought the field and and it it made the spectacle of the Super Bowl kind of a laughing stock in a way because like with players slipping and sliding like that, I mean what kind of showcase is that for yeah. for your championship game? So, it was a I thought it was a major factor on the game and and it was embarrassing. Right. I forget what stadium what that that was. Uh, Arizona? Okay. I think yeah, it was Arizona, Arizona Stadium. And uh where we where we lost. <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, uh no, boo. Um <laughs> I will say that, you know, it was hard for me to like root for either team. Because um, I have my personal issues with Patrick Mahomes' wife and brother who lied about the New England Patriots fans and said that they we harassed them. We didn't. And then, um, so I, I just never forgave him for that because that's just a shitty thing to do. Because with real racism and real discrimination out there, you don't make stuff up like that. So I don't like them for that. And then the Eagles beat us. So I kind of, you know, I can't root for them. So it was a rough Super Bowl. Yeah, I thought both teams like uh, definitely deserved to be there because I thought they both represented like two of the best teams in the nfl off season oh yeah as a patriots fan i get it like you know the chiefs were kind of our biggest competition in the afc the last couple of years of of brady being here and then the eagles i mean boston versus philly no 
I felt great to see the Celtics steal one from the the Sixers the other day. Right. You know, so it, it always you know feels good as a Boston fan to beat Philly. But I just thought they were so good. Both teams were so good all season. Like I just have to tip my cap to them and. And I just wanted to like sit back and enjoy a good game between two powerhouse teams. Like I, I thought we got that, even though the refs kind of blew it at yeah. the end. They they choked on their whistle a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so it wasn't exactly uh, a popular matchup for a lot of. I heard a lot of Patriots fans saying the same thing that they didn't really have a team to root for in that game. So I I get it. I thought. Uh, speaking of the Philadelphia Seventy uh, Sixes and the Celtics, it was really great for me to uh, hear the Boston Celtics were being abused by the fans in Philly and the reason I'm saying that is because everybody's like oh the Boston fans abuse the players and they call it and like they the, the Philadelphia fans were awful to the Boston Celtics players so guess what it's not just the Boston Celtics fans it's fans all around especially Philadelphia I mean good god the city of brotherly love is not the city of brotherly love trust me I think a lot of I think any anywhere you go like to watch sports there's going to be bad apples in the crowd that oh, yeah. are, you know, louder than everyone else, drunk, you know, talking shit, oh, yeah. you know, and I, I, so when players come to say Boston and they say they, they account that they were treated with racism and things like that, I believe them. But at the same time, like, you know, it's painful to have that represent the whole city. Cause I, I try not to, you know, say things like that. Yeah. I'm a huge passionate sports fan, but I don't want to cross a line like that. Right. And even like, you know, I know I'm, I'm a fan of the Felger and Maz show. And even like Maz got suspended for a week for saying something racist. And, you know, it's painful because that's going to represent our city. So as sports fans, so like, you know, but I believe the players when they say that they deal with stuff like this. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do, and I'm sure I'm sure it's every city. It's the, like you can't just single out one city. I mean, every city has idiots. I mean, you miss you you mix alcohol with attitudes. You're not gonna have a good time. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You're gonna have somebody saying something stupid, someone doing something stupid. It's like going to going to a club. There's always some kind of idiot that causes a problem going to a bar there's always some kind of idiot that causes a problem is this alcohol and attitudes don't mix yeah and i think the the northeast has a long longer history of of sports rivalries like obviously the boston new york rivalry is oh, yeah. deep with the yankees and red sox like the phil you know philadelphia is right next door right like so all these teams have bad blood with each other even you know down the east coast to like florida teams like boston versus tampa and and miami and like you know there's there's long there's long long-term rivalries there so it gets wicked heated and you know there's a lot of bad blood there even between like you know teams with players who haven't spent a lot of time in the city such as um the celtics who have a lot of young players that didn't grow up in boston right so you know that stuff it it just I don't know it happens and it gets ugly sometimes and and sometimes people just have to own up to it. So I will say this: I was really excited to see the trades that the Lakers made. I was you hear the show if you listen to the show you hear me talk about how I think the Lakers need to rebuild and they did a lot of positive things without having to get rid of LeBron and Davis and then LeBron's foot popped. So I'm like, oh, I mean, it looked like they were gonna make a run and they still might be able to make a run. But LeBron's looking like he's going to miss two to three weeks, and uh, that's going to be really hard for them. Yeah, that's brutal timing. Right? I mean, that's, that, that is a pretty good trade for them. I, they, you know, to acquire a young player like Russell, D'Angelo Russell. Like, yeah. I mean, they're setting their, themselves up for the future. My, 
I know one of my best friends, he's a Lakers fan, and he wanted them to clean the house, trade LeBron, start a youth movement and all that stuff, you know, rebuild the team. What I was saying. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> same, same situation, you know. So um, he's just, you know, Lakers fans have been disappointed. So I'm sure they're happy to see some sort of roster turnover, at least trying to do something. Right. It's exciting to see, like, the Knicks, the Sixers, the Lakers, and the Celtics all have good teams. I mean, sure. So it's great because, like, the other night with the, the 76ers, they were saying how, like, this is the, the most games played between two teams because they're the oldest teams in the league. So it was like, that's really the rival, you know? So it was really kind of cool. Yeah. I, th- I think the Celtics are awesome, too. Like, the way they stole that game from the Sixers, like, yeah. they were losing all first half, and then by the end of the third quarter, the Celtics are up. Yeah. And then the fourth quarter, it comes down to a tie game, and Jason Tatum, I mean, he just... He's nasty. He's he does like a sick handle at the three point line and pops it and makes the shot. And then Embiid launches it from three quarters down the court and drains it. But he just it's the ball just left his hand like a split second too late, so didn't go to overtime. And the Celtics stole the win. So, I mean, there's some really exciting competition happening right now in in the East. Like a lot of these. I mean, the the Bucks have won like ten or I think they've won fifteen games in a row. They're number one right now. And yeah, they've surpassed the Celtics in the standings. You're right. We lost so, to the Knicks, yep. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a really exciting playoff. Like no matter even even like as a Celtics fan, if they don't pull it off and go all the way, like it's still going to be insanely exciting. Like it's going to go down to the wire for for a couple teams, not just you know, yep. not just the Eastern Conference Finals, but like it's it's going to be a battle for a couple of rounds in the in the tournament. Oh, 100 percent. All the free agents, like, and all the trades and everything that's gone to the different teams. I mean. There's some teams now that look really good. I mean, they look really stacked. And, you know, they didn't have to make big splashes. You know, they, they, they got the pieces they need, you know. Like, the Lakers, the people they got weren't big splashes, but they were the people they need. I mean, the only real big splashes you could say were, like, you know, Dallas and then, um, what was it, the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, they, you know, because they got Durant. But they gave up everything for Durant. So, I mean, you don't got a bench. So, I, I, I can't really say, oh, they're the, you know, they're the favorite now that they got Durant. You don't get a bench. Yeah, so, in the West, like you just said, totally different because like you know the the sons that getting durant i mean that's a power move like you know i think durant is obviously one of the top players in in nba history i mean he's still at the top of his game and everyone saw what he did when the warriors got him it just made them even tougher to stop so i mean the sons are are ready to go but i kind of prefer like like you said don't instead of mortgaging the future for one season like that can backfire because you never know what could happen injuries and all that stuff so you do have to make sure that you have depth and and that you're covered for the next two three plus years like if you sell out for one season and you don't come through you could be mortgaging the next five years right and I think, so you have to be careful i think brooklyn did that but then they got all these assets back by trading off the people that they got like Harden. You don't want to say his name, yeah. but <laughs> Kyrie. So I mean, they they got a lot of the assets back, and they like they're primed to make some good picks during the um, the next couple of years. Yeah, I think that's lucky, honestly. Like it reminds me of when the Red Sox signed. This is like ten or so years ago, but they signed like Adrian Gonzalez to a massive contract, and like they had Josh Beckett and like a bunch of other guys that they signed big contracts to that weren't performing. And then the L.A. Dodgers bailed them out, and they took on all these huge contracts that burdened the Red Sox. And th- I think they got totally lucky finding a taker 
yeah. willing to take on that money and, and, and save them from having to just be stuck with these players. So I think it's the same situation for the Nets yeah. where they're kind of lucky that they found the taker in order to, you know, reset their whole situation. Well, they so, got some decent players back. They did. Yeah. With all the trades, they got some decent players. I mean, they have a good foundation where, like, it won't be this year, but, like, with the next year or two, I mean, they could be, they could really make some splashes. Yeah. So it's not a, t- I don't think it's a tank or anything like that. Definitely, definitely a, you know, a good move. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel like it's like the Knicks. The Knicks took forever and ever and ever to get good players there and be competitive. And now they are. You know, they got some good players. They're competitive. And, um, you know, they just beat the Celtics the other night. So, I mean, they're on the right move. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny to, like, see the Knicks. It's funny to me to see the Knicks do well. Yeah. Just because they've always been kind of a joke as, as long as I've, you know, been old enough to watch sports. Yeah, see, I and, got to see Patrick Ewing, so yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I I know they were good. <laughs> and so, like, I think they they always wanted to, you know, sell the sell everything for the top, you know, superstars. Like, for example, Carmelo Anthony, and and I think they finally have like a an actual team that gels and has chemistry and plays like, uh, you know, a, yeah, <laughs> plays like a team, plays a healthy, you know, game of basketball. And so, I it's just funny to me in that way like i've never seen the knicks actually be good before (laughs) yeah yeah and it's 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 kind of amazing i mean it really is i mean they had big names they've they've always had like you know they could bring big names in but they don't have the pieces because they've sold the farm to get this big name and now they don't have really a big name per se that's you know splashy but they have really good players yeah so it's exciting for the east i mean it's gonna be i i I would love to see a boston new york round matchup you know matchup in the in the playoffs like uh yeah it'd just be it just be awesome so you know it's gonna be tough i feel like the celtics had sort of a thing with the miami heat the last couple of years and yep. now i think there's more competition in like the northeast region which i think is is a little more fun because like we said a couple minutes ago like the rivalry is still it can get pretty intense so right. i want to see that play out right. this season and you get the old rivalries i think a lot of people like the old rivalries i mean even sure the, the younger generation who don't know the young rivalries they've heard of them and they want to relive you know they want that that rivalry back they're like all right well let's see this i mean totally the boston celtics and the lakers people love those rivalries you know the 76ers and the boston celtics notice the boston celtics on a lot of these by the way i just wanted to say that by the way i just throw that out there because it's the boston celtics <laughs> absolutely yeah i i totally agree with you i want to see like i hear about you know all those historic matchups from you know back in the day and i want to see those rivalries come back yeah. you know just yeah. simple as that yeah make the old teams relevant again the knicks were always a laughing stock as long as i've been a fan and we ne- i never got to like you know see a, a a tough seven game series you know physical fight in the playoffs between like the celtics and knicks or something like that yeah i think like the funniest thing was every year the knicks would be knocked out by the chicago bulls and michael jordan <laughs> and when jordan retired it was scotty pippen and the knicks actually got by and went to the finals. They lost, of course, but like it was like great for the New York fans because they finally overcame that hurdle. Jordan was out of the way. You know, it's like it's like everybody with Brady right now. Like Brady left the AFC, so everybody's like, oh, we can actually make it. You know, and like like so it, it was kind of that that like scenario. And then Jordan came back and just <laughs> smushed everybody. So. True. Well, it's pretty tough to see Brady retire. I have to say, I was hoping he would come back for like another season or two, maybe sign one more contract. He was going to be a free agent. So, I guess he's doing a one day. Uh, he's going to do a one day contract. So, I mean, 
we'll see him one more time. And I guess, do, but that's like a ceremonial. Yeah, but they're gonna do like. A, I was hoping you'd actually come back and maybe try a, try another team. Never say never. I mean, never say never. It's Tom Brady. I mean, he could take a year off and be like, you know what, I'm bored and I want to play. Again. I could see him getting bored. From 100%, not 100%. I was hoping he would play till 50 just because it's like something you never ever see. It's like a player like active in his 50. Like we've seen players in their upper 40s, but never beyond that. So I just thought it'd be cool for the, you know, just to see how it goes. Yeah. I'm kind of interested to see all the stuff that's going to happen this year with like the Patriots and just like all the different teams. There's so much like free agents that are going to happen and trades and the drafts coming up and you know it's it's going to be an interesting yeah so the patriots have the 14th pick in the draft and i think that's exciting we don't always pick in the top half of the draft just because they have been so successful and so like usually we're in the later half and they trade down a lot so usually we're in the later half of the first round or maybe trade out of the first round completely or maybe they get picks taken away because they might have cheated but (laughs) i i think it's exciting like a lot of People are pretty split 50-50 on whether they should take an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. And I want them to take a, a beast wide receiver, like one of the best receivers in the in the draft. Get one of those guys, and you have your dynamic playmaker like the Bengals when they got Jamar Chase, and the Vikings have Justin Jefferson, and you know the Eagles got A.J. Brown. That took them over the, the hump to win the NFC. So like, I want to see the Patriots get a dynamic player like that and build the offense around him and Mac Jones and upgrade the passing game. So I get the I get the appeal of the offensive lineman. Like, you know, you can draft the top fifteen cornerstone, you know, offensive tackle. He could be there for the next twelve years and, and you can set up your offensive line to be great. But I mean it's just too tempting to me to yeah, get the get the, the beast wide receiver. Yep. I mean, get a fullback, implement the fullback again. Bill O'Brien's there, so I mean He's actual offensive coordinator, not Matt Patricia, who was a defensive coordinator. So it should be Great interesting. News. Yeah, should be interesting. I agree. Yeah, Bill O'Brien, I think he's much more credible coach than yeah. either of those two bums that they had last year. Right? It's going to be, they're going to they're gonna steady the ship. It's going to be a lot better scheme, and players aren't going to be blowing the game by making stupid mistakes and and penalties i feel like that was something they did all last year it was a very frustrating season as a patriots fan last year just because they always tripped over their own feet they always made mistakes that cost themselves the game yep and so that's not really like a belichick coached team no no there was no discipline so i think this next season will be much more back on track yeah there's a lot of like the celtics and the bruins are doing awesome this question marks about the patriots and then you know the red sox are a question mark so i mean the red sox are a huge question mark i mean it we got all these people that are old like they're old arms and they could be good or they could be bad so <laughs> so we have this huge question mark looming over the red sox i mean will paxton be good you know are they, are they going to be able to do what they did when they like jensen is he going to be a good closer so I, i'm excited for this year but i'm also confused because i'm like what do we got yeah, it's a weird situation. I mean, a lot of hype around spring training has been that they have a really good vibe, right. which I feel like is the most Red Sox thing I've ever heard. Like, you know, they love to hype up, you know, how the, you know, it's family Fenway and the Fenway faithful and it's truck day. We're going back down to spring training. Yay. And it's like, guys, like you had a pretty tough couple of years. Like, what have you done for me lately? And right. so I don't know 
the Red Sox have really like made any big splashes to like improve the team that much this year. Like honestly, there's a lot of really good competition in the in the majors. The Yankees had an amazing season last year, and it's kind of we're kind of lucky that they blew it again. Yeah, because the Yankees, I mean, they were on a historic pace. They were crushing everybody last year. Aaron Judge hit 60 home runs. Like he's nasty, and they got him back. Like so. I don't really like think it's time for the Red Sox to fuck around with like, yeah. you know, rebuild. <laughs> yeah, with with like you know trying to just Eek let. Mind. I mean, they're gonna they're they're they let uh, Xander Bogarts walk in free agency. You know, I don't think it's time to mess around with like the roster. I think they really need to like step up to the you know no pun intended step up to the plate this year with a purpose because like if they don't, they're gonna get beat by teams like the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Orioles yeah. and they're going to be in fourth or fifth place again. Yep. So like it could get ugly fast. Oh, I agree. Like every, every <laughs> I'm s- not confident in case you couldn't tell. Listen, me either. Every <laughs> signing this year, my mind went to Major League and I was like thinking of the movie Major League and I'm like I'm like who are these bums? I'm like what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, like I mean you're not going to sign Xander Bogarts and you're going to let Evaldi walk. Like, Evaldi was your best pitcher last year, right? which is, like, saying something. I feel like you would be a number three pitcher on, on you know, w- the best teams in the, in the league. And Michael Waka, we let him go. Yeah, so it, it's just nerve-wracking. It's like, do they think that they have something here, or yes. they just don't really know what they're doing? I, I don't know. know. A lot of question mark. We kept everybody that, ha- everybody that we kept was, like, someone that had Tommy John surgery, and it's a big question mark. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah, they're just stuck with Chris Sale and his yeah. contract extension. Yeah. It's like Paxson. I'm like Trevor Story. He's out for the season. It's just it's it's a really weird situation. But they're gonna keep selling tickets, and so like oh, yeah. I don't think the ownership really cares that much. No, no, like they're. I mean, I don't know. It's either gonna be like this team's gonna gel together and be really, really good, or it's gonna be one of those things where you just like you put like the bag over your head and says, "Sad Red Sox fan." <laughs> yeah, I feel like the ownership could care less if they spend the whole season playing 500 baseball yeah and you know then they'll see how things look on august 1st and then they'll either you know pat themselves on the back or or just try to sell people on next season you know on they'll bring up a bunch yeah they'll bring up a bunch of prospects and try to show people that the future is coming soon and i don't know it's just (laughs) That I feel like there's a pattern that we've been seeing since they won the World Series a couple of years ago, yeah. where it's just they're content with mediocrity, right. and that makes me nervous because I don't think that the other teams in the division feel that way. I feel like they are ready to compete for the division title, and I feel like the Red Sox are sort of just like, eh, yeah, we're yeah. the Red Sox, we'll be fine. It's like the Florida Marlins, like when they won the World Series, and like then they broke them all apart, and they. <laughs> They brought them back together. They broke them all apart. It's like, what are you doing? We're, we're <laughs> yeah. the Red Sox. Red Sox Nation don't do that. Yeah, know? it'd be nice to keep the core together. Like, uh, you know, we should talk about the Bruins. You know, speaking of keeping the core together, they brought back Krejci and they just made a couple trades. And they, I mean, their goalie scored a fucking goal the other day. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, on fire. they're just like made some trades, killing with, people. Made some trades with the Washington Capitals and uh, brought in some great people. So their record is ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's 47, 8, and 5, yeah. and 99 points on the season. Yeah, we're looking like we're going to break so, records. You know? But it's, it's like, all oh, good, but can we win the whole thing? Yeah, it's a good point. They're going to have to shorten the bench, and they're going to have to stick with one goalie playing every 
other night throughout the postseason, and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to put up with a it's it's a grueling postseason in the NHL. You play every other night. Those games go into overtime. They they don't end. They go to double and triple overtime and yep. all that stuff. Twenty minute period. It's like a regular you know period. It's not the five minute right. overtime or whatever like regular season. So it's a lot different. And I mean, a lot can change. Random low seed seeded teams come out and and upset favorites in the NHL. I think more frequently than any other league. And so it could easily happen to the Bruins. We yeah. saw it with the Tampa Bay Lightning before. Yeah, it could it could happen. I mean, you know, the Bruins got all the way out. They, I think they really have to capitalize on this because they got unlucky, I think, in 2020 when they were on fire going into the postseason and then it got... Derailed by COVID. Yeah, yeah, COVID happened and their momentum got killed. But, you know, 2018, they had Game 7, the Stanley Cup Finals at home and they blew it. It, it was a it was a massive no show, and so this is a really good opportunity with the same core of people, players minus like Chara and Rask. Like it's a really good opportunity to say that that wasn't their last chance. Like right. there's more in the tank. Obviously, they've been performing amazing, but they have to come through. Yeah. So they have to at least make the finals. I think. Finish it, or it would be a massive disappointment. You can't do all this all season and and blow it. So. You know, they they really, I hope they're ready. They they have to come through. Yep. Well, I'm so glad you guys are back on the show. It's been, you know, a rough couple of weeks for me, and I'm glad that, like, that's behind me. Knock on wood. And uh, <laughs> welcome back to Was Happening and First and Fanatic. So we got them back on. It's going to be great. I have nothing yeah. else to add. Uh, anything from you? Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So uh, tune in next time to First and Fanatic. Nice.